That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Commissioner Cooper, and tonight Cleveland rocks. And if you can't see me, that's because Spectrum sucks. Let's go. It's time for TSS Fantasy. Rock and it's gonna work for me. And you just got planted. That's what it is. This court is adjourned. It is Commissioner Cooper. Welcome to Sophistication Station. I'm here to save the fantasy roster. And it's time for TSS Fantasy! Boom! That's right, indeed. Let's get it going tonight. It's rock and roll night, right? We are in Cleveland. Welcome in the studio, Judge Jordan. Welcome in, my friend. I was going to go you. Judge the Jordan again, but I was like, Judge the nobody Jordan. will get it. The Judge. <laughs> Judge Jordan, JT, Jordan, whatever you want to call me. The important thing here is to read my tagline because Spectrum sucks. <laughs> Indeed. They told me my internet was straight and all of a sudden here we go to start the show and I'm already pixelated like Max Headroom. All right, well, let's get things started tonight. We got a busy night tonight. Hey, we got a, like a big studio tonight. It's probably the biggest crowd we've had so far on our summer tour. That tells me Cleveland is ready to rock and roll into this season uh, we are excited to get there. Don't forget, go to tssfantasy.com. Look at our latest and greatest rankings on there. Also, go to check our sponsors out. Use the promo code TSS. Go to Underdog Fantasy. We'll double that deposit up to $100. Also, if you go to Jazz Sportsbook, they have lots of different offers every week. So go use our promo code TSS. Use the one that best fits you. Also, go to Pro-Am Belts. Got lots of great bling for your championship, excuse me, for your fantasy champion. So go check that out. Again, nothing. Uh, we started belts a while back. I don't know if you guys do trophies and belts. We started that a long time ago. And just to me, nothing's better than walking in to that with that belt wrapped around. Like you, the heavyweight champ, the rock, whatever you want to call yourself. Also, don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Uh, excuse me, the subscribe button, the notification bell, hit the like, hit a comment, little things stopping you from doing it, big things popping for us when you do. We do appreciate you. And Justin, I'm going to bid you adieu, my friend, because all of our guests are waiting. We're going to hear from the doc, and I'll see you back in a little bit. The doctor is in. Get the dog pound out because we are in Cleveland. They rock tonight. We got the doc in. What's on the house call, my friend? We'll begin with Elijah Moore. His rookie season was cut short at 11 games due to that quad injury. But he bounced back last season at least to play, appearing in 16 games. And incidentally, he missed that 17th game because he was held out, not because of injury. So he could have gone 17 games. But – he scored only a total of 88 points in those games, right? So not the best fantasy performance. 
He's hoping for new life in Cleveland, where it's reported he's one of Deshaun Watson's favorite targets. For more, we're going to go 40% of the bench. Nick Chubb, last year on this segment, we gave him a 50% of the bench ranking, and he went on to play every single game of the season, which he's done in three of his five NFL seasons. In terms of total games, total fantasy points, position ranking, rushing attempts, yards, and TDs, he's coming off of his top season. But I said last year, and it's still true, after that gruesome PCL, MCL, LCL injury in college, pretty much a knee dislocation, it is super impressive he is back performing where he is. Ton of respect for Nick Chubb. The commissioner has him at number three overall. I think that's a great choice. We're going 20% of the bench for your boy Nick Chubb. And lastly, Amari Cooper in eight seasons only missed five games. And last year was a bit of a resurgence, tying his career high in targets, setting a new career high in touchdowns. Despite being 29 years old, he might still have something left in the tank. We're going to go 10% for Amari Cooper. I like it. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I love it. All right, Doc, we appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow for the Cincinnati Bengals. All righty. Yes, indeed. And by the way, fourth and flex checking in. He wants to know, we're going to ask our guests here in a minute. Cause honestly, who am I to, who am I to judge fourth and flex? Appreciate you checking in. He wants to know who's taking the brownies to the super bowl. We're about to find out because we got lots of guests to bring in. Let's bring in our Browns guests. Let's do it. Our next stop on our summer tour. We get ready to rock in Cleveland. We welcome in the Cleveland Browns. Like I said, it's a big house tonight. Let's go ahead and get on with our introductions. Start with the guy here to my left, Jeff Lloyd. Welcome into the studio, my friend. How you doing, man? Uh, you know, always, you know, I, I think everybody's starting to shift their focus, their momentum, you know, to the Browns. And I think there's plenty of us here that think this is going to be a promising year. Um, we kind of been on this train for a couple months, but uh, you see the national media kind of hyping into it now, too. Awesome. Yes, sir. We're like I said, the the momentum is building for this team. You certainly certainly can feel it. Jacob, welcome into the studio, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Jeff said, the momentum's building there. It's a lot of fun. We're two weeks away from veterans reporting for training camp, so let's ride. Indeed, I love it. Absolutely, Mike. Welcome in, Mike Wooler. Welcome into the studio, sir. Might be a little, little. I think that fiber he was talking about earlier might might not be working a little too well tonight, Mike. We'll we'll try to check back in with you, Josh. Welcome in, Josh Hayes. Welcome into the studio, friend. Uh, glad to be back. Love to talk Browns with you guys as always. And I'm gonna take the over on ten wins. I think the Browns got a good shot to win the division, and I think Nick Chubb is going to lead the league in rushing in 2023. I listen. I've already said it earlier. I got a chubby for Chubb this season, no doubt about it. Brad, welcome. Brad Ward, welcome into the studio, my friend. Thanks for having me, uh, Kamish. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, some familiar faces in here. Good to see. Absolutely. And we got a Frank Garrett. Welcome in. I hear you just popping into the studio. Welcome into the studio, my friend. Hey, man, th this is a family reunion. Look at this, man. I got Jeff. I got Brad. What's up? What's up? Josh, how you doing? Jacob, how you doing? This, this is beautiful, man. I haven't talked to these guys in like, oh, like three or four weeks, but I'm excited to be here talking to Browns. 
Hey, man, I'm glad we can provide the platform to get you guys fired up for the season. I'm getting a little fired up myself. Now, I hate to start us off on a bad note, but we got to talk about last season, right? Let's let's just bring it up. Browns went 7-10 and 10 last year, respectable, fourth in the AFC North. Let's talk about your offense. Points per game, you guys were 17th, 21.2. Yards per game, 14th overall, 349.1. Passing yards per game, 22nd. A little bit of Deshaun getting back in the group of things, 202.6. Rush yards per game, 146.5. We were fifth in the league. Obviously, the big rushing attack is the great uh, the great factor in this offense defensively points per game 19th in the league 22.4 yards against 331.2 so you were 12th in the league there not too shabby passing yards per game 135 per game that puts you 25th um rush yards per game um i didn't put it down or i erased it but it's 15th in the league overall so my bad on that all right let's get around we'll go around the room let's talk about last season real quick three words or less Jeff, I'll go to you first. Sum up last season and then expand on it for me. Eleven game suspension. That's the three words. You know, when Deshaun came here, everybody knew there was going to be time missed. Um, and when you know, the first thought of it was six games, it was like, okay, all right. And Jacoby Brissett, to his credit, and he probably played well enough that they could have survived the first eleven games. But once it became eleven games, and then there was that weird transition where you knew Deshaun was coming back. You had no choice. You had this major investment in him, and he was now the quarterback of your franchise. But guys had just spent three-plus, three-and-a-half months getting to know Jacoby Brissett, getting familiar with Jacoby Brissett. The defense, obviously, was a big, big letdown in all of 2022. So it was it was just this weird transition from this is the future of this franchise, and you kind of understood that 2022 at that point was, you know, and it had been for a couple of weeks, obviously, because they were four and seven when he came back. But it was basically we were just punting to the future, and you know, let's see where it goes. All right, I love it, Jacob. What say you? Well, that sucked. Yeah, um, <laughs> that would be the three words if I was trying to sum it up. It started in such a what seemed like a trailblazing fashion. The fifty-eight yard kick. Um, I was at the Jets game with the epic uh, collapse, and I just. Kind Don't of, blame you. Yeah, it was uh, it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> I've been to war, and that was the worst experience of my life. So I'm just saying, but you know, anyway, I it just you saw when Watson came back, you thought, well, maybe we'll get something right. Like at the end of the year, we'll see something. It'll have some fun. They try some of the RPOs and the zone reads and all of that stuff. They just weren't really up for it. The the supporting cast around. Watson, especially the offensive line, they just weren't used to it. And in the end, that caused them to chuck that entire offense out for the rest last five games, and it was just boring. <laughs> that's that's just what it ended up being. All righty, yeah, summed it up as boring. I love it. All right, let's go to Garrett. What do you say? Three words or less and expand on it for me. Uh, twenty twenty two gentlemen's punt. So I, I I think the Browns gave us the good old gentleman's punt uh, last year. Uh, the second Deshaun Watson got suspended all those games, um, the Browns basically threw in the white 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 towel. They said, "Listen, we can't do it. Uh, we we know we're kind of light at linebacker. We know we're kind of light at receiver. We're gonna we're gonna hold that ammunition. We'll get better in twenty twenty three. But as far as twenty two twenty two is concerned." They basically used it as to see what they got. They used it, and what they saw was that they weren't good enough up front. 
They, they, you know, the, the, the grouping unit they had up there was not up to snuff. The receiving core was not where they needed to be. And I think they, they knew that they would not be able to compete at that high of a level. Um, and, and by the way, by the way, Jacoby Brissett played pretty well for, for all intents and purposes. I mean, he's a guy who he played better than I thought a lot of Browns fans thought he would play. You take a look at the season. Nick Chubb has 1,500 yards. That's a good season. Miles um, Garrett still gets 16 sacks. So around the tertiary parts, there was some good, some bad, and some exceptional, I thought, for the Browns. But I, I really thought that, like, last season, once the suspension came down, everything in their focus kind of switched to 2023. Um, and that's why this year is so pivotal, especially the first four or five games, first four or five weeks of this this season. Indeed. All right, Josh, three words or less on last year. Expand on it for me. What do you say? Sure. I'm going to go with front seven overhaul. That's the big key for me here. Seeing Dalvin Tomlinson come in here with Zaria Smith, getting a full season of Anthony Walker, which to me is almost as good as, as signing a good free agent linebacker for us to plug the middle and then adding Juan Thornhill up the middle at safety. We never really got what we thought we were going to get, um, you know, when we made the free agent signings uh, past few seasons uh, at safety. And so to see that, and maybe the best signing out of all of them is bringing in Jim Schwartz to put all the pieces together in defensive line. I know you're like me, you watch the Atlanta Falcons stuff the ball up the run, you know, five, eight yards per carry, watching teams like the, the Jets come back on us in the last two minutes. There's so many wins. It could have been a 10-7 and seven season really easily if the defensive side would have held up their end of the football, and we just didn't get that. And now I think this season, Andrew Berry finally found the pieces we need up the middle to solidify that run game and get a better overall defensive package on the field. Love it. Brad, what say you? Three words or less on last year and expand on it. Um, I'm going to say precious time wasted because, uh, you know, you got guys in their prime years like Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, um, Denzel Ward, who you signed it to extensions. And they kind just kind of, as Garrett, alluding to kind of what Garrett said, they they didn't necessarily, I don't think they tried to punt, but they didn't, let's see, I mean, their effort to uh fill out that defensive tackle room was porous to say the, the least by the front office. So if you want to call that a punt maybe, or a miscalculation, uh, whatever it was, uh, it ended up being kind of what you guys are, say, are saying that Brissett played good enough football for this team to be where they thought they could be. And ultimately uh, the defense failed them. Deshaun struggled when he came back and it, it, it just kind of ended with a dud. And uh, that's, precious time wasted for all these guys in their prime absolutely mike what say you and welcome back my friend and yeah i I have no idea what's going on uh i (laughs) i jinxed you that's what it was i think you did i think you did (laughs) i think you did so three we're just talking about last year um go around the room three words or less uh what do you think about last year expand on it for me um lots of yard work I always say the there's a correlation between how clean uh, my yard is and how well the Browns are doing. And last year, right around the fall, my my yard though they they seem to play better defensively. It's almost like something clicked, but the offense just couldn't keep up. I mean, you look 
total yards, they, you know, after that Cincinnati game, they barely were giving up 300 yards a game, but they just, I don't know, the, the offense wasn't clicking and um, it, it was unfortunate. And, you know, uh, you know, Brady had a, a good, a good three words, precious time wasted. Yeah. You wasted, you know, these football seasons are so precious. The careers are so short in the NFL and you've got guys like Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb who, uh, you know, you're, it's a year now wasted and, um, they're, they're playing for, for, for a championship this year. I'm, I'm fully invested again. And, you know, like every year, you know, they say hope springs eternal hope, you know, fall every year, fall springs eternal. And I'm, I'm all in again, uh, like nothing ever happened last year. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got the rose shaded uh, glasses on from last season. Let and listen, uh, you're a great segue person because we just talked about what was. Let's talk about what is for you guys this year. Marquee additions: Darius Smith on the edge, Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, I mentioned him earlier, and again, Elijah Moore. Uh, we talked about him earlier in that trade. That's also a great addition for you guys as well. Jacoby Brissett gone, so you lose the veteran backup uh, for now for. Deshaun, uh, Tavon Bryan, one of you, that's one of the uh, interior linemen that you lost. And the Ernest Johnson running back, I just thought he he's due a mention because he played well in a little spurts for you guys. Um, in the draft round, we got two round three picks. Uh, Cedric Tillman, receiver from Tennessee, and Sayaka Ika, if I'm saying that correctly, defensive tackle from Baylor. Um, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State in round four. Uh, also, Isaiah McGuire, edge rusher from Missouri. Round five, you got Dor- Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback from UCLA. Round five, Cameron Mitchell, cornerback from Northwestern. And round six, Luke Weipler from center from Ohio State. So looking like you're improving in the places that you needed to. We're going to go around the room. Mike, we'll start with you. We'll go opposite end this time. Tell me what you think of these Browns this season, how far they're going. You already said you're all in Super Bowl. Is that where is that where we're going? Are we winning the whole thing? What's your prediction? I don't know. Well, I mean, unfortunately, we play in a conference with with Patrick Mahomes, so <laughs> it's like you know, it's it's like you you we get to a point like, oh, well, we're going to be good, and then something always happens. Like it was the Browns with John Elway, and it was the it was the Cavs. We had the Bulls with Michael Jordan. It's like, can we overcome? And then again, the Cavs with Stephen Curry. It's like, can we overcome and just like not have these once in a generation players standing in our way for once? But as someone who who kind of focuses on on the defensive side of the ball, I love what they've done with the defense i love zadarius smith and how they got him for cheap i think it's going to be a really good addition miles garrett finally has kind of like that robin uh cohort and you and that's almost not fair to call zadarius smith robin because he he puts up elite pressure metrics when it comes to a pressure rate when it comes to a win rate uh he's getting to the to the quarterback pretty consistently um I love Dalvin Tomlinson, and I think he is a uh, he, he's going to be kind of a good plug uh, in the middle. So I'm really, and I think that addition in the defense is going to make the linebackers hopefully look a little better because when when the when you're the offensive side or when those running backs are getting past the second level, and you know with our linebackers getting hurt, they were just they were just getting gashed apart. So I think with Anthony Walker getting back, and I'm hoping for. Jeremiah Owusu-Kormo kind of can take that third-year leap. So I like what they have in the defense. I like the defense. I like the secondary. So, um, I like I said, I really like what they did on the defensive side of the ball. Mike's just got a whole lot of like tonight. I love it. <laughs> Brad, how about you, my friend? Tell me where this team's going. Give me a prediction for this year. 
Yeah, um, I really like what they've done this offseason. I mean, it's been all really positive, but also under the radar, too, which is kind of like where we like to keep it or at least try to keep it under the radar. Uh, it, it's kind of squeaking out a little bit, some trendy picks here and there on the Browns, but uh, they do better when they're not in the uh, uh, high expectations from the national media. So uh, it's been relatively quiet, which is good, but they've done a lot uh, as far as they added a lot to the defense, as what uh, Mike just said, and they added some weapons on offense. I think, like, you know, with the addition of uh, Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator, along with the uh, personnel they added and the weapons on offense and the change we expect to see on offense, um, there's a good chance that there's a chance that like the defense gets really hot late in the year because uh, they certainly have the talent and Watson kind of turns into form right late in the year, you know, really gets it hot late in the year and they could be a really uh, scary team to play uh, late in the season and in the postseason. So uh, I've got them at uh, 11 and six, actually. All right. All right. Not too shabby. Josh, what say you, my friend? So I, I have a couple of different ways that I'm looking at this, but I think, you know, there's two areas of focus that I really want to, to see where things go and what happens is how much competition is Elijah Moore for DPJ? Because um, if you look at things historically, most teams can only feed two mouths at wide receiver. Even the greatest quarterbacks in the world, Patrick Mahomes, you think of their third wide receiver, Josh Allen, those guys are only relevant in spots a few games here and there. So somebody has to win and somebody has to be the, the mainline producer to take heat off Amari of Cooper and maybe provide like that deep threat. You know, Browns fans have been screaming for everybody from Will Fuller to DeAndre Hopkins to everybody to just pr provide that deep threat. And even we we're like willing to sort of celebrate Marquise Goodwin as maybe that field stretcher guy. Um, but if he gets pigeonholed in sort of this slot role, I have concerns as to how effective Elijah Moore will be versus being the the, the X or Y next to Omari Cooper. Because if you look at the you know the slot usage percentage for Kevin Stefanski, that's not a thing really that they utilize quite a bit. That's where David Njoku lives, um, you know, for the most part. And they push the ball down the field or they run the football, but they don't play a lot of intermediate move to chains type of football. And Deshaun Watson isn't really that type of quarterback either. He's trying to push the ball down the field. So I really want to understand if DPJ is really going to solidify himself in year three, or if Elijah Moore can be that guy that can step up and fill the void for them at wide receiver and take the passing game to the next level. Indeed. I love it. Garrett, what say you? Where's this team going this year? You got a prediction for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think th this year um, all excuses are off. Um, you've upgraded tremendously uh, from what you had last year. You got Dalvin Thompson. You got Zadarius Smith, who, by the way, uh, was playing like a defensive player of the year candidate in the first half of the season last year. He's probably one of the, the, the obviously the best guy that has played in long miles, Garrett. You got Elijah Moore, and, and I, I thought uh, Josh kind of hit on that. I hope they don't pigeonhole him into some sort of slot guy who runs orbit motion. Because he's way more than that. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. Uh, he can run everything on the route tree, so that shouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, this is the year where the Browns, they have everything they wanted. They, they got receivers now. 
They, the running back is there. The offensive lineman is solidified. They even got guys who, who uh, you know, Nick Harris was supposed to be a starter. He's a backup. We talked about Dewan Jones, a, a mammoth guy at Ohio State. He's a guy that if Jedrick Wills doesn't get it done, trust me, he's a guy that could be coming into these ball games. And and overall, I just think the biggest question mark for me is how does Kevin Stefanski turn the page from being a guy who is comfortable with two, three tight ends, play action passing, screens, to now having a wide open offense where if you listen to the people that are at camp, if you listen to the writers, they're saying Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski are in lockstep and they'll basically give him 40 plays. If you don't like those 40 plays, they'll get rid of them and write 40 more. Now, that sounds good and uh, it, it sounds good in theory. But execution-wise, we have not seen we and, and we. I've been sitting here a long time. I haven't seen a Browns offense, and, and I'm 41. I haven't seen a Browns offense that you turn the game on. And you're like, wow, he was wide open. Oh, wow, where did that drop come from? Usually, you watch the four o'clock game and say, why are our guys never that open? <laughs> you're like, what the heck is they running? Can we cut, copy, and paste their stuff? We just simply steal it. Uh, we'll see. I, 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 but I will say this: I think Stefanski does a good job this year. I think the Browns win eleven games, and I think this ends up being if we come back next year, we're talking about how is it that Kevin Stefanski is in the first time in years and years and years the Browns have extended another coach, and he's he's able to get year six, year seven, year and vaunted year eight. Think about that. Uh, and it hasn't been done. I, I have to think of, thought of a coach where he's made it past their first contract. So if they can do it, I think Stefanski's here long term and, and things look up. So, but uh, the pressure is on though. Pressure is on. Pressure is on indeed. Jacob, up to you. Where do you think his team's going? I got him at 11 wins too. Um, I think that's the the nice number. I think what's really interesting about everything they've done on defense is all of the things that have been said about Miles and all the things that have said have been about Zadarius Smith. Agbo Okoronkwo is going under the radar. Like it's mm-hmm. not a massive get for them. Like last year he had a 19% pass rush win rate, which was 13th despite facing the eighth most double teams, which was 22.6% last year. And that was as the only dude. And now he's walking into a place with two double-digit sack guys in front of him. And that doesn't mention Dalvin Tomlinson. And maybe Perrion Winfrey takes a step. You know, all of these things that could be happening around him. And all of a sudden, you're going to see a pass rush that's just – I don't know how many trios in the NFL are better than that top to bottom. They're top three pass rushers if they're healthy. So that like kind of talks about the talent that's added on defenses. We don't even talk about this guy. And, and then you see, you know, all of these wide receivers and they, they, here's another guy. Jordan Akins flies right under the radar. This dude's a super uber athletic tight end who has a history of catching Deshaun Watson tight touchdowns in the red zone he's also the reason that the text he caught the touchdown that knocked the texans out of the first overall pick too while we're at that but there's a lot of under the radar really special talent that was added here if it all comes together it's an 11 or 12 win team easy all right better defense better offense everyone's around 11 wins jeff you're around the same oh i'm definitely well but the thing is this team needs to be a playoff team mm-hmm. otherwise there's some serious issues you have a general manager and a head coach that are in finishing year four. They made the playoffs in year one, haven't made it since. 
that's some serious, serious problems as far as, you know, longevity. And it's obviously contract extension talk time. So there is that thought of it. But I look at everything they've done. Like we've mentioned players like Elijah Moore, Jordan Akins, David Njoku, um, the kids, David Bell, Cedric Tillman. Any one of these guys at any given time can be the fifth option that a defense has to worry about. Marquise Goodwin. It, it all comes down to the $232 million guy. If he can come back to – and look, he doesn't have to be 2020 Deshaun Watson. He doesn't because the supporting cast is there on the offensive side of the ball. PFF's number one offensive line in the NFL. PFF's number one running back. We've talked about the pass rushers. And even still, you get to those three. Alex Wright getting to finally do what he should have done last year, not starting by week three, week four, way ahead of schedule. He was not ready for it yet. Isaiah McGuire and Jim Schwartz coming in here and saying, well, you know what? This is my defense. This is how I do it. I want to rush the passer, and I'm going to cover. Guess what? you got him a whole bunch of defensive linemen and maybe one or two more still to come. And his secondary – you have Juan Thornhill, you have Grant Talbot, you have McLeod, which I don't think any of us have mentioned, which is a really, really underrated signing. And you have Denzel Ward, and you have, uh, of course, Greg Newsom, and you have Brett Coleman, who works in affiliation with you know NFL Network and all their coverage, who thinks is the best cornerback on this team. Talk about the depth of the defense in the secondary and the defensive line. When your defense coordinator says, I want to rush five and cover. Okay, they're covered there. This team, there's no excuses. And it's going to get bad, bad, ugly if this team does not win. And I think we're all going to know where we're at by, like, Columbus Day. Because it's those first five five. games in six weeks. And it's a really difficult road. And we've all seen this. Obviously, you guys, a lot of you guys have been around this a lot longer than I have as far as Cleveland Browns coverage, but if this team is on the wrong side of it after week six, their fifth game, it, it's really hard to overcome the outside chatter, the outside, outside noise. It, that's what it comes down to. Get out of the box. There's no excuses. They should get out of the box strong. There's no excuses. And if they don't, buckle up, kids. Gee, Bush, your show's going to get pretty ugly in the, on Saturdays if, if it's if it's one and five, two and four. <laughs> listeners, <laughs> he's going to send Earl to Pearl in on Saturdays. Hey, we going to mail this in. It's going to get ugly. <laughs> well, everyone got a little serious. We got a little fired up. Now let's have a little fun. Now, right? All right. So aesthetically, for me, this works as with Garrett, Josh, and Mike on one team. Jeff, Jacob, and Brad, you're going to be on the other. We're going to play Fantasy Quiz Show Browns Edition. Works just like Family Feud. I'm going to pair you up, ask you a question. Whoever shouts out the answer that's the highest will win it for their team. You guys will get a chance to close out the questions. You'll get three strikes, of course, as you get wrong. If you get to the three strikes, the other team will get a chance to steal. Pretty self-explanatory. It'll be fun at least. Get your, I hope I don't have your Browns fan card in my pocket after this. <laughs> it's time for the Fantasy Quiz Show. There seems to be no sign of intelligence. It's the Fantasy Quiz Show. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. It's going to be a long game. <laughs> 
Not going to be a long game tonight at all because we got Brown experts in the building. So we are going to start it off. What did I say these teams are? See, I already forgot. We're going to go Garrett versus Jeff. That's going to be our first round right here. We're going to go top five answers on the board. Usually this is my layup question. I mean, I don't know how much of a layup it is going to be for you guys. Here we go. Top five answers. I'm looking in all-time Browns history, your pass-thrown TD leaders. Brian Sutton. Brian, I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. What was that? Brian Sight. Brian Sight. Brian Sype is on the list. He is number two at 154. So good job there. Garrett, I'll give you a chance to steal it for your team if you can name the number one guy on the list. Um, Is it Bernie Kozar? Bernie Kozar! He is on the list, my friend, but he is actually... Number four with 116. Jeff, you guys have control. Jacob, we'll go to you next. What you got? Oh, this feels like a lot of pressure. (laughs) That's because it is. (laughs) It's like those weren't the only two answers I had. Uh, No, autogram. Autogram. And that's your numero uno there. He is at number one, 174. So you got number one, number two, and number four. You're missing number three and number five. Brad, can you name them? Oh, my God. I don't think I can. Um, Let's see here. Name is escaping me right now. Um, It's definitely not Mansell. It's not. (laughs) It's uh, did, can I ask for help from my team if I say stuff? Okay, uh, uh, number one overall pick, uh, coming back 99, couch, uh, Kentucky, couch, Tim couch. Tim couch. I think we might. So that means our team. We this is where uh, this is where uh, Steve Harvey makes a joke, and then everybody else huddles up, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, my, bad. my bad team. Um, I think we lost. I I got a name. What, what you got? Uh, Vinny. So what was your uh, what was your answer? I was gonna say Vinny. Okay. Just well, I'm going to say. I'm just asking. I'm not curious. I am curious. I'm just curious. Uh, it, you know what? It just dawned on me. It hit me. It just hit me who it is. But I ain't going to say nothing. All right. So who is up now? Is that Brad now? Uh, so we continue to go? Yeah, we get yeah, three strikes. Yeah, you get three strikes. You got two. Okay. Oh, no. They just bar- They just sank their own battleship. <laughs> uh I just went uh I think it's do we keep going rotating? I think it's Jeff's turn. Okay. Vinny Testaverdi. We already had Vinny Testaverdi. That's what he just <laughs> that, that, that I thought we had three strikes. 
We did no, the game no, you're, you're on two strikes right now. Yeah. Vinny Tim was Tauch the second Vinny strike. Vinny Testaverde were the wrong answers. Yeah. They answered Vinny Testaverde, not us. That's where we got the answer from. <laughs> no, right. um, okay. we, we were going to answer it anyway, though. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. All right, my ass is backstage making dinner. Who is on the team with who at this point? Me, Jeff, and Brad, and then yeah. the other three. Top center, top right, bottom yeah. right. Yeah. All right, got it. Okay, so it was Jeff, Brad, and Jacob. Jacob. So yeah. Jacob, you get the. F- and you guys had the control. I don't of the think board, Josh. Right? Is, Josh has. Yes. Well, well, we had control. Yeah, it's on us. Um, God, this man. If it's not Vinny, then it feels really weird. That there's someone above Bernie, and I have no idea who it is. Yeah, that is really. It's got to be like random as hell. Oh, it's pretty random. It's pretty random. Let's just do it. Is it Josh McCown? <laughs> oh. Maybe in another life? Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> um, I, 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 this may be... Now, this is all time. So, so, we, uh, so I'm just going to do it real quick. Garrett, Josh, Mike, you all uh-huh. get... It, it's one get answer, discuss, so you get, right? to, you get to culminate and you know think amongst each other because you get one answer. On this okay. one. So you have Otto Graham, you have Brian Sype, you have Bernie Kozar. You're looking for number three and number five. I, I, this may sound crazy. Um, is one of them Derek Anderson and is one of them Baker? That's what I think. I, I think Derek. You, I, I, you know five. what? I'm I'm going to – I'm not going to go Derek because I think Derek only had – he only had one year. He only had maybe one or two. He didn't have many. I'm going to side with. I'm this isn't an impressive list, Baker. though, guys. No, it's not. <laughs> you didn't need I'm five years. <laughs> so, so I guess we could throw Baker out and then back our way into it because we oh, might. Could, it, could, it, could number three? I think Baker's in. I think it's right, guys, I think in between those two. That was the name. I need an answer. Give it to me. Is it going to be Baker? Is it going to be Derek? Is it going to be somebody else? We're going to go with Baker. I think Baker's Baker. fine. Excellent choice. How did how did Baker throw more than Tim Couch? Out of all of the Browns history, how is Baker five? That's I I think we really uh, (laughs) underappreciated how the saddest part is what's the number because Watson might beat it this year. So Baker Mayfield had ninety (laughs) two touchdowns. Right, number three. I don't know if any of you guys know this one. Frank Ryan. We would have never got that one. Oh, I never no, got that one. I remember Frank Ryan, but no, nobody would ever got that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 134. Mahomes did 92 in two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got that new NFL. He got that new NFL. They're going to be setting these kind of records for <laughs> right. now. All right, guys. We're going to move it along to Rush TD leaders. So now we have. Garrett, Josh, Mike, you are up one zero. Um, who led it off last time? Was it Jared or was it Garrett and Jeff? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to bounce it out. Um, yeah, backstage. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna go with Josh and Jacob with this one. I'm looking for all time rush TD leaders. Jim Brown. History. Who said that one? Mm-hmm. All right. 
I think that you know that you're right. Jim Brown with a hundred and all right. That was number one. So Jacob, Brad, Jeff, you got the board. Brad, it's going to you. I- I'm texting someone. I promise I'm not cheating if you see me on my phone. I just throw that out there. Just liar. Slower. Sure, <laughs> Jay, sure. If you pull this one out, we're going to be full <laughs> suspect on that. One. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say he's Nick getting Chubb. text from Nick Wilson. <laughs> so it's two. Alice Chubb at number three with 48 touchdowns already making his way to number two you've got two four and five on the board jeff what you got uh, well first off brad for taking away the layup i appreciate that I, i'm um, sorry <laughs> um we're definitely not going to go with trent richardson here that's not gonna work <laughs> uh greg pruitt uh, what's that greg pruitt greg pruitt okay So I actually have on here a Mike Pruitt. I don't imagine there was too many Pruitts out there. So maybe it was just a. Before. With 47. Yep. Jacob, number 44 from way back in the day. <laughs> what does my last name sound like? What? <laughs> well, right. Can you really see me or hear me? When you Jeff, say Jeff Floyd, like what Floyd, do you maybe like think Cliff of? Floyd. <laughs> or maybe when it was used as a first name. And somebody was kind of. Oh, I am like, like I'm your, I was going to say, like, listen, we got three strikes, so it'll get back to you. So I would just say, I'll just say Ernest Meyer. Ooh. Ernest Meyer. Ernest Meyer. There you go. There's only one I can think of. All right, right. guys. I was going way back in the day, but I think you're all right. Uh, I was going to say. Five left on the board. Simon's left on the board. Two and number five. Two and five. I have faith that. Well, there's uh, the guy that Biner played with. There was the guy back in the day when you say Jeff Lloyd, who maybe would be a first name, and maybe when you use something to describe somebody who was not very tall. Who's team? Who's team is it turn to go? We get no, 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 no. Get We still got strikes. two strikes, G. Oh, Don't worry, one. you guys better be ready because we're gonna blow this. I know this. You know, <laughs> yeah. this one. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say I trust that Jeff is gonna get this, but I'm. I'm gonna answer Eric Metcalf. Probably not right, but I'm gonna try it. <sighs> oh, Eric Metcalf. Ah. I think it's your chance now, Jeff. Yeah, it that is. Was the second strike. Yep. Yeah. Or no. Strike. That was number two. Yeah. Yep. So you need number two and number five. You're muted. Do I go Kevin Mack or Floyd Little? Ooh, right. Yeah, Floyd really Little played in the era. What's up? I was just saying that I was debating between Biner and Mack, but. 
If Biner didn't get it, then somebody had to. I think I think these are the two answers that are left. I really do. Yeah. I'm going to throw Floyd Little. No, but Floyd Little, there was no passing in those days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Little, yeah, little or Mac. Either way, you're giving away an answer. You might as well get it right. Makes it sound like we have both of them. <laughs> I think we do. Right? Sounds like they're both the answer. Floyd Little. Yeah. Maybe. Answer. Maybe not. <laughs> but I'm about to give you three strikes if you don't hurry the hell up, though. <laughs> I said Floyd I think you, Little. I think you said Floyd Little. Okay. Oh, you said Floyd Little. Okay. You were behind the other guy, Floyd Little. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, uh, we have I, an opportunity here. I, I already... I, I got it, but if... I, I think I know one of them. Well, well, go ahead. I, I mean, it is the the, the, the Matt. Out if he didn't explain I'd that say already. Kev, I mean, Kevin Matt. Talk it out. I, yeah, I don't. Kevin Matt and Leroy It's like really the only two options. Maybe Jamal Lewis, but uh, this I got one, or this could be two. Paul Warfield and Mary Motley. I'd say I. I, I think wow. it's Kevin Mack. I remember that. I remember. But Those teams, I think it was Kevin Mack. I think it's right, Kevin Mack. If he if he's hundred percent sure, we'll I'm, go. With I'm about ninety. I'm ninety eight nine. I'm pretty confident it's Kevin Mack. I don't know. G Bush is not here. I'll log off immediately if it's not Mac. <laughs> okay, let's just go with that just to see. Right, if right, get see what I, I'm with that. <laughs> I go. We'll go with Mac. That's called locking it in right there. <laughs> Was it Warfield? Who was two? I thought two Number would have been. Leroy Kelly. Leroy Kelly. We had Leroy. We had Horde, but Kelly, yeah, listen. But we'll take that. We'll take that. Look. Who would I thought Leroy That's Kelly? Trust your teammates. Trust your teammates. I love it. All right. So I'm a little judge. I, I was a little bit lost. My apologies. Now I'm on the phone Wi-Fi, so I'm going to try to swing it that way. So, uh. Who won round one? I was even out. I missed so it. It, it. It's it's two zero to Garrett, Josh, and Mike. Okay. All righty. All right. We're. By the way, I'm gonna steal this bit and do it on the radio. I don't, just don't know how logistics here to work, but I plan on completely stealing this. So Mike and Brad, I believe. Then you guys are up here for question number three. These were. This is when things get a little harder as well, so I hope you're ready. I'm still going all-time history, but I want to know winning percentage, and I want to know the teams you have the best winning percentage against. Oh, Jesus. This is crazy. Is this a trick question? This is between Brad Brad and Mike. All-time all winning, winning percentage against, against all time? time? The teams you have the best winning percentage against. <laughs> this is like a sad, sad question. Oh, <laughs> I mean, um, there's there's 32 teams, so let's get started. I'll say, guys, can I just brag? Can I give you a hint? Yeah. Why don't you think like maybe like the last year or two? 
Yeah, yeah I mean, it was, it was like the of... last decade where you faced like. Oh, he, you're muted. You're muted. You, I get we missed a little. My, my all time. You th- I was gonna say the Texans, Houston Texans. All right, so Houston Texans. Mm. Mike, who you got? I, I'm just. I, I'm just gonna throw out the Bengals. The Bengals. Brad, back to you. Um, let's go with. Uh, go really far south. What? Go really no, far no south. Hinting. No hinting. Oh yeah. Far south. <laughs> uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins. America's team, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> you mess with America's team, Mike. Who do you got? Who do you got? America's team. Oh come on. Um. Titans, the Tennessee Titans. When they were the when they were the Oilers, I. <laughs> All right, now we're getting into OT rules. We're gonna start getting into your teammates now, but then we're gonna whoever gets it, then the other team will get one chance to see if they can get better. Brad, we'll give you one more shot at it. We got what thirty-two teams. You took away four. Twenty-eight to go. What do you got? Uh, the. Wow, wow. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> Can I make a face? Can I make a face? Uh, I'm going to say Sweet. the Sweet. Washington uh, Commanders football team. The, the Commanders. Yes. They are on this list, Brad. And they are number three, 35, 12, and one. Mike, you give one chance at this now because this is where we're in overtime rule. So you can steal can it confer? for your team. You can steal it for your team and no converting on this one. It says this, you convert with your team, not on this time. You got a, one chance to steal. You got to get number one or number two on this list to win, win the game. Um, Oh, God. By the way, there's no money on the line, so it's all good. I know. <laughs> Pride. Um, Pride Commish. Panthers. The Panthers. I like that answer. Good answer. I was. You idiot. Did not snag it, so it's 2 1. I'll go down the list real quick. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills against the Browns, apparently. 6-0-2 all-time against the Brownies. Number two, the Falcons. You guys are 12-4 and all-time against the Falcons. Number four, the Saints, 13-6 and all-time. And number five, the Cardinals, 33-16-3. and Something about those bird teams um, you guys got eyes on. All right, so... We're back to Jeff, or excuse, yeah, Garrett and Jeff. We're back. Start things off again. It's two one. Top five answers are on the board, and again, I'm going with winning percentage. But I want to know the teams you have the least. No. Excuse me, the worst. Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, it was just the speed there. that you Aaron, did. How about you? Uh, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens? Never more. Garrett off the jump, nailing this one. 13 and 35. You guys are all time against the Ravens. That makes them number three on this list. All right, let's go to your teammates. Good job, Garrett. Josh, what do you got? I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. 49ers. Good guess. Not on this list, however. Mike, what you got? Um, let's say the Packers. The Packers. Jeez. A lot, Garrett, a lot of meat still left on this bone, my friend. Can you take a nibble? You only got one strike remaining. Um, and this is the worst. Um, let me go with the uh, how about the Raiders? The Raiders. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> so no rain is on that one. Jeff, Jacob, and Brad talk this over. A lot of meat left. You can tie this thing up and go to the final round. If not, these guys win it. All right. Can you name first, one of these teams that you have the worst winning percentage against? Gentlemen, first thought I, I was thinking of was the Patriots. I can't, I can't think of them ever beating the Patriots, but uh, run any other names past me that come to your there mind. There's two. One of them's really weird. Now, Denver. I think Denver's somewhere on that list. But there's a weird one where I don't think they beat the Lions very many times. I know it's a weird one, but that's just what I on my head. Jeff? I would start with the Patriots. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. All right. We'll go with the Patriots. Where are we going? I'm sorry. The New England Patriots? Yes. Why? 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 <laughs> Boy, you're about to kick yourselves because Knight Rider here in the comment yep. section, he was correct. Denver Broncos. You guys were Very talking good, about them earlier. They were number two on this list. You guys are seven and 21 all time against the Broncos. And you were right. Number one, the Detroit Lions. You guys are five and fifteen <laughs> all time against the Lions. Oh, you guys knocked yourself out of the two top answers. Oh, my That's one of those random trivia bits that you know that are completely useless. But not and Knight Rider, it's not America's <laughs> team, the Miami Dolphins, but definitely a good guess there. The other teams, number four, the Vikings. Number four, <laughs> five and eleven all time, and number five. The Seahawks, six and thirteen. Oh, they were one of the teams that was going back and Seahawks. forth between Packers. I don't know why. Listen, great, great game tonight, guys. Sorry for the interruption on the internet, but Garrett, Josh, and Mike, you are tonight's winners. <laughs> and unfortunately, on this show, when we have some winners, we do have some losers. So you're telling me there's a chance.
Either way, great game. I guess your compadres fell off after all that. What happened? One of your compadres fell off there, Jacob. So listen, we appreciate you guys being in tonight. We do have one final segment, the fantasy uh, focus on the Browns. You're welcome to stay on, but this is the opportunity I want to go through, let you guys plug yourselves, let everyone know where they can follow, subscribe. Jacob, I'll start with you. Where can we get all your great content? Yeah, you can. Uh, I write for the Browns Wire, so you can check me out over at brownswire.usa.today.com. Um, I'm on there every single day, and then over on YouTube on the Network 216 channel, uh, you can watch my show, the Barking Brown Show, and I also have the Browns Film Room over there as well. Awesome. Make sure you go follow, subscribe, get all your great content. Brad, how about you, my friend? Where can we get all your great stuff? Well, first of all, I want to apologize to Jacob because he was bright and I didn't listen. We didn't listen to him, so I feel <laughs> terrible for that. Uh, I write uh, at the OBR and uh, host shows at the OBR Streaming Network. I also am the producer and host of All Eyes on Cleveland podcast. Awesome. Appreciate you. Knight Rider, appreciate you coming in for the trivia as well. Um, we'll try to mix it up at least a little bit, but uh, you guys did well tonight. Mike, where can we follow, subscribe, get your great content? Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick around, but you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert. All of my, uh, IDP content you can find at four for four fantasy football. Awesome. Make sure you go follow, subscribe. Garrett, how about you, my friend? Where can we get your great stuff? Uh, well, you can listen to, uh, the barbershop every single Saturday or 92 through the fan. Uh, you can use the RDC app on from eight to 12 every Saturday. Uh, also you can catch me, uh, on YouTube, uh, the barbershop YouTube page, and you can catch me, uh, every single day live from 11 to one at the ultimate Cleveland sports show. Um, and that uh, you can catch us on YouTube over there as well. All right. Just feel like barking in with this audience tonight. Gotta love it. Get fired up. Josh, where can we follow, subscribe, get your great content? Uh, yeah, um, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Monday through Friday. We're the lead-off show, 6 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Uh, every weekday. And then uh, rotoballer.com. We got all the fantasy uh, content jumping off over uh, there as well. And then on Twitter, at Josh Hayes FS. Josh doesn't know, but I listen to him every morning on the way to work. Got to love it, indeed. Appreciate all that. right. No worries at all. Got to love it. All right. So, again, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Please stick around if you can. If not, we appreciate you being in tonight. Uh, we'll see you when we get back. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management. No trades. No waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them gingerbread sent Good girl. This is it's crazy to think my phone internet's better than my house internet. Spectrum, you suck. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate you. <laughs> Let's get on to the fantasy focus. Let's get it on and talk about these brownies. And look, at the end of the day, starting with Deshaun Watson, you know, you, if anyone heard me last year, I love Deshaun Watson as an athlete. I think he's not too far removed, as Jordan and I were talking prior, as being one of the top 
tier guys at the QB spot. Do I think he's lost a little? Maybe, but listen, he's got some great weapons. He's got a great line. He's got a great running game. Deshaun Watson's got all the makings of a full season this year and a full fantasy rock star season for you. Right now, I got him QB8. I got zero problems um, exuding some good confidence into Deshaun this year. Jordan, we'll go to you first. You're backstage. What do you say, my friend? I am absolutely right there with you. Um, I think uh, this is the Deshaun Watson comeback season. I, I think he was getting up to speed and acclimated with the offense last year. I think this year he takes that steps and step and he emerges back into the player that he was prior to the suspension. I have him at quarterback nine, so one slot lower to you, but it wouldn't shock me at all if he finishes in the top three to five quarterbacks. 100%. Justin, what say you, sir? I'm at QB nine. Um, I'm looking at this year as kind of like that, like Jordan was saying, comeback season. Um, he's got tons of weapons around him. He's still going to be able to use his legs. The offense is predicated on the run game, and it's built around you know mostly you know kind of like Shanahan's system is, where it's like anybody can plug and play in that system. And now you get a bona fide good quarterback in that system. I am uh, excited about what he can do in fantasy, and I'm excited to draft him later on. And for those that are uh, just tuning into our show tonight, just so everyone knows, Justin is plays the role of fantasy Jesus during the uh, fantasy year, and I, I think he's already started with that light in the background. It's starting to look yeah. real holy back there. Mike, let's go to you, my friend. Where do you have Deshaun Rank? So, I mean, I've got – I don't necessarily do uh, offensive rankings. I usually go by um, our four-for-four four rankings. But as far as where we have them ranked, um, I am going – I am not following our rankings in this case. Uh, I would certainly draft him among the top eight quarterbacks. I would be drafting him ahead of guys like Daniel Jones. I know Anthony Richardson is getting a lot of buzz, and I'm, I'm certainly drafting him above Anthony Richardson – uh, Russell Wilson and those types of quarterbacks. Look, if we get 80% of Deshaun Watson from what he had, what he was with 2020, I mean, you're looking at least 4,200 yards and anywhere between 25 and 30 touchdowns. I mean, he threw for almost 5,000 yards. Brandon Cooks had 1,150 of those. Will Fuller had 879. And then I don't even know where the rest of it went. So uh, I'm pretty confident that you've got you know, David and Joku could grab 700, 800 yards. Uh, I think you could almost, I mean, you can lock in Amari Cooper for, for 1100. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drafting Watson probably among those, those top seven quarterbacks. There's probably, I think, I'm, I think I'm probably taking guys like Justin Herbert, um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, obviously um, uh, ahead of him, but there's very, not very many quarterbacks that I am, that I'm passing on or, or, you know, that I'm, that I'm, a, uh, you know, that I'm not taking Deshaun ahead of. I like it indeed. Josh, what say you, my friend? Yeah, I have him a top eight quarterback uh, right now, and I think he has top five upside. If the Browns offense explodes like it has the potential to, and Elijah Moore fits, you get a step up from DPJ, a Pro Bowl season from David Njoku, any one or combination of those things could put Deshaun Watson back in the top five. And we don't remember this too often too, but it was – mostly a one-man show with just Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins with like sprinkles no, that's right. of Hopkins Will Fuller yep. and no running back to speak of. This is a much better – this is the best offense he's ever been a part of. 
uh, in his career. So it's not out of the question for him to, to jump into the top five this season if it all fits together. How Deshaun got his groove back. What do you say, Brad? Yeah, so uh, I see him going, you know, I play a lot of best ball. I see him going QB9 almost uh, pretty steadily in these situations, uh, ADP right around there. And that seems to make a lot of sense. Um, I, listen, what people aren't talking about is the, the change in the offense, right? Like, so, you know, there's a, there's a huge emphasis on, and people talk about Chubb a lot, and we can, I'm sure we'll get to this at some point, but they're going to throw the ball a hell of a lot more than they have in the past. Uh, you're not going to see the 12 personnel, 13 personnel groupings as much. I think you're going to see a higher percentage of 11 personnel. You're going to see uh, Elijah Moore lined up in the backfield, at least in OTAs they were showing that, and then going five wide with him. Um, I think, you know, Josh was talking earlier about, you know, pinholing him into the slot. I don't think you see that at all. I think they're going to use him all over the field uh, more, that is. Um, I think he has a monster year and Goodwin has kind of been a camp darling so far as a, a deep threat. So uh, I think Deshaun has a monster year. All right. I love it. Well, love what I'm hearing out of the camps and everything. Well, you alluded to it just a second ago, Nick Chubb, right? We talked about it. Doc already gave away. I got him number three, obviously with Kareem Hunt out of the mix. Now, you were just talking a minute ago how you guys were going to throw a lot. All I've heard also from, you know, the little stuff I've watched is how much they're going to use him in the passing game as well. So all of a sudden, Nick Chubb, Chubb becomes that big PPR monster possibly as well. And we already know what he can do with his legs down the field. I love Nick Chubb this season. Definitely full in, all in on him. Jordan, what do you say? So I really like Nick Chubb, and I have him as running back six, but I want to temper expectations a little bit. There's one small nugget that does worry me about Nick Chubb just a little bit. Last year, that man had 12 rushing touchdowns on the season. Zero of them came after week 13 when Deshaun Watson took the reins. So do I think he'll catch a few more passes? Absolutely. Do I think he'll find the end zone? I do. I'm not ready to, you know, put him into that, you know, top three stratosphere yet, but I think he's a locked in RB one regardless. I think it's a great point. Cause when you have a weapon like Deshaun Watson, you know, he can line up and, and run in it himself, you know, so that does take a little bit away of that uh, from Nick. What do you say, uh, Justin? Uh, running back five, I'll split the difference between you guys. Um, I am not worried at all because Nick Chubb has consistently produced double-digit touchdown seasons. He is the, the next Derrick Henry. He is that workhorse back who rare, rarely gets injured, and when he does, it's just kind of like a shoulder nick here or there, and he's back in a game. You just, you're not going to stop this guy. You're not going to stop him from rushing the football and getting into the end zone for sure. And if you think that, you know, they're going to take away those goal line touches, then you're batshit crazy and you should go get your head examined. <laughs> so, you're fair crazy. Enough. You're crazy. All right, Josh, we'll start with you. you like that crazy. <laughs> Josh, we'll start with you on the panel here. What do you, what do you say? We got Nick Chubb at. So, I mean, I think there's like the NFL ranking for running backs and then there's the fantasy world, you know, and Nick Chubb ends up getting dinged a little bit for not being as involved in the passing game. But Kareem Hunt being off this roster mm -hmm. may open that a little bit up uh, for him. So this might be one of his best opportunities to have the best pass catching season he has, depending on how they utilize Jerome Ford. So I love him at RB5, RB6. You get him in the mid-second round in most fantasy drafts. I think it's an absolute steal. 
he has a tremendous opportunity to lead the league in rushing. And even if he doesn't get the, the, the passes caught, um, I, you know, combining him with that offensive line, in my opinion, is the best combo in football uh, from the running back position. So I think like on pure talent and opportunity, it may be like the second best setup that you have in the NFL for a running back to jump into. Maybe San Francisco is the only other opportunity that could be potentially any better. So I'm, I'm all in on him. I'll draft him as many times as possible in the second round. And there's upside for him in the, in, inside the top five. Absolutely. Brad, what do you say? Um, listen, uh, I, I agree that I, you know, RB five, RB six, RB seven, that range. I actually think there's a wider range of outcomes. You may think I'm batshit crazy, but, uh, it's not that I think that I'll take away his touches in the, in the red zone so much. It's that I think that he may, his touches may be game script dependent, right? Like, so I think there's times where he'll get 20, 25 touches if the Browns are ahead in the fourth quarter and they ride him. But if they're behind or in a neutral game script, they're going to throw the ball more. And he may be limited to like 12, 15 with, 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 with the screen game. He's not, he's never been a great pass catcher. He's good out of the screen game. He can do a little bit. That's kind of an unknown, right? So I think there's a little bit of a wider variance of outcomes here. Uh, on what his fantasy totals will be. And I think a lot of it, it depends on how the Browns are doing game script wise. All right. I like it. Mike, what do you say, my friend? Yeah, Brad, that's, that's kind of where I was going. If this offense performs how, well, how we hope it is the Browns could find themselves ahead. And Nick Chubb is one of the best closers in, in football. When you give him the ball in that third, fourth quarter, the defense is already tired because they've tried to tackle this guy because he forces so many missed tackles dude doesn't go down so this the the opposing defense is already worn down he's averaging five to six yards a carry in the fourth quarter so when you combine the the uh the potential score being up ahead um and, and getting those carries we actually at four for four i'm gonna i'm gonna side with our rankings this time we have him as as the rb2 we have him right behind austin eckler we've got him at about uh, we got him at about 230 projected carries. Uh, we have him as uh, we have him projected to have his highest receptions, I think, since his second year. Uh, I think he had 36 receptions, so we have him at about 32. So, um, yeah, we've we've got him at his RB2. I'm more than comfortable taking him as like my top running back. Um, I do think he gets the gets the double digit touchdowns. I think we have him close to to 13 to 14. So in in kind of that range. So um, if this offense performs like all of us in Cleveland hope and the fantasy community hopes it's going to be a very, very fruitful offense. So yeah, Nick Chubb, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm all in. I think in an auction mock, I think I spent 50 bucks on him. So I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm good. <laughs> Everybody, everyone got a chubby for Chubb for sure. <laughs> all right. So let's go to the receivers. Amari Cooper. Now I got Amari Cooper pretty high. I got him ranked number 10 overall. I love what he projects this year. I like Elijah Moore too, Brad. I didn't know all this other stuff that you brought up. And this is why I love bringing this summer tour stuff where you're talking about his utilization. I got him 47th right now, but the way you're talking, I'm like, I might need to bump him up too. There's no, there's no problem for me having both these receivers up high. I do like it. You guys talked earlier though about Donovan Peoples-Jones and Marquise Goodwin. So those are guys that could fall into the mix as well. But that's why I got you experts in here so you guys can tell me 
what's what. But I do I like both Cooper and Moore, no matter what. Um, let's go, Jordan. What do you say? So if I was batshit crazy for being one less than Justin on the last one, I'm I'm genuinely scared of this one. So I'm a little bit lower on Amari Cooper. I've got him at 16. I I think he's locked in, set it and forget it. He's as good of a wide receiver too as you can ask for. Period. Now, where I think I may have Justin freak out a little bit, I've got Elijah Moore sitting at 24. I absolutely loved this kid coming out in his rookie season with the Jets. You saw there was a stretch there where he was the number one wide receiver in the league for like a five-week stretch. Like, the talent is there. I don't really know what the hell happened last year, but I was banging that drum for the Jets wide receiver room last year. I, I loved Moore and Wilson and it just never took off for Elijah. I think the change of scenery will do him good. I absolutely think he's the kind of guy that Deshaun Watson will target early and often. I think he's a huge breakout candidate for this season. I, ooh, I love the take, my friend. I mean, think about all those intangibles. And he's pissed off, wants to prove something, and he's got a great QB to do it with. So, yeah, I love it. Justin, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Um I'm not as high. I'm actually really low on Elijah Moore. I'm one of those guys that kind of reads into what teams do with players. I mean, if they're not playing you, that might mean that maybe you're just not that good. And if they trade you away like willy-nilly, even though you were a second-round pick, that might be because you're not that good. Um, <laughs> listen, after the first season, I thought Elijah Moore was the bee's knees too. I was drafting him everywhere. And then last year, he was taking a seat. For some apparent reason, they never really disclosed it. And then all of a sudden, he's getting traded for absolutely nothing. Now, Amari Cooper, on the other hand, I'll, I'll draft him all day long. I got him at 21. I'm not as optimistic as you guys. I think that he kind of sits in that, like, you know, 20, 21, and maybe up to, like, 15 range. I think he's going to sit there. He's not really ever going to be a wide receiver one this late in his career, but he is very serviceable and he gets you touchdowns and he's going to be a reliable target for Deshaun Watson. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I got him at 59. I think he's going to be the main competition for Elijah Moore. I think everybody sleeps on Donovan Peoples-Jones every single year they sleep on him. And every year he seems to get a little bit better. Just a little bit better, and a little bit better, and a little bit better. Well, maybe that'll lead to something bigger this year. Um, I'll definitely bank on getting him, though, over Elijah Moore in all of my drafts. All right. Well, listen, Brad banged the Elijah drum to start. I'll start with you then. Give us the – what do you think of these receivers? <clears throat> so, um, I would say that kind of the story, at least from, you know, diving into it as best I can with Elijah Moore is that he pretty much was in the doghouse with the coaching because he was disgruntled. There's some playing time discrepancy there. And, and, and I think, I don't think it was because he's necessarily a bad player. He certainly is uh, talented enough. Either way, the Browns are really high on using him uh, all over the place. They think he is kind of the answer to unlocking this offense. Uh, so, um, you're going to see him play outside in the slot in the backfield. They're going to move him all over. And uh, he's going to be a huge part of the offense. Like, 
you know, film breakdowns and stuff like that. This kid is really good. He snaps off routes. He gets good separation. He gets better separation than Donovan Peoples-Jones does. And I like Donovan Peoples-Jones a lot. I mean, he went from 300 to 600 to 800 yards like he was talking about a minute ago um, each year. But I see that kind of coming back down to earth here. Uh, to be honest, I think the Browns don't want to extend him, and I think they drafted his replacement in Cedric Tillman. So uh, I think that probably you see a big year from Elijah Moore here uh, over Donovan Peoples-Jones big time. I actually really agree with what uh, the judge said about uh, a big year from Moore, and I think he pushes like 800 yards, eight touchdowns. Nice. All right. I love it. All right, Mike, what do you say? Yeah, the it, yeah the the you know the the range of outcomes on on the on the two and three receivers can can go and really anywhere. I, I've got I got Cooper. We've got Cooper at, at nineteen, so right around a thousand yards. Um, I think he's probably going to get the. I think he's probably going to get the most targets, but um, more. I mean, we have him. I think as in the. I want to say. In, I think we have him in the fifties. Um, I think he's he's probably going to be more more will probably have more value in PPR leagues. Um, uh, that's that's where I see. And Peoples Jones is is a boomer bust type of a guy. You know, he gets he's got the I think he's got the high um, average depth of target. I'd like to see him hit the end zone a little bit more. Um, that's where I think his uh, breakup potential lies is being that stretch, uh, the field stretcher. So. Um, I think that might be the type of receiver Watson will, will also throw to, but um, and I and I really like David Njoku. I think he kind of came into his own last year, so and I think he's going to be um, that not a safety net, but I definitely think he's going to be a high target. So I think with with Cooper, I think I kind of see in the pecking order, just in the in the the way I see it, I think Cooper is kind of that number one. I think Njoku is going to be number two, and then I think it just could go back and forth depending on the week between Moore and Jones. I think I think people's Jones and Elijah Moore are great best ball targets. Um, but maybe you're going to kind of be pulling your hair uh, in weekly formats where you're, you know, when you're, when you're setting your formats, it's like, all right, is this week maybe an Elijah Moore week or is this week a Donovan people's Jones week? So I think you're going to be pulling your hair a little bit, trying to figure out which one to go with, but people's Jones and Elijah Moore are, are, outstanding best ball targets nice i love it josh finish off with the receivers yeah i think amari cooper um is in line for a big big season i think he could be pro bowl caliber and i have him inside the top 12 i know a lot of other uh sites aren't necessarily ranking him him that high but if you look at the competition and he's hovering around there dk metcalf now has to deal with three wide receivers and jackson smith and jigba chris olave may have to deal with a full season of michael thomas uh, now here as well. And then everybody else outside the, you know, the 10 to 12 range, Jalen Waddle, T Higgins, Devontae Smith, they all have big wide receiver ones that they have to deal with in terms of splitting, you know, targets, touches and touchdowns. So I think a full season of Deshaun Watson, if they're on the same page, they ever really have a chance to elevate. And I just think Elijah Moore is actually more talented than DPJ. I was really high on him, but like I'm sort of disappointed in DPJ's contested catch rate. We had a lot of 50-50 balls that he could have came down with and could have won last season. He just didn't make those plays. And those are the difference between high-end wide receiver twos and then guys that come in to replace you. Also sort of a telling thing, when they trade for your position and they draft your position two years in a row, they're sending a message to you, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay, you're not giving them enough. 
So I think they're very hungry to get a big-time wide receiver two mm-hmm. production-wise the way that the Bengals have with T. Higgins in order to compete, and Elijah Moore can be that guy, and I think he's inside the top 40 for me as far as like fantasy and rankings go. I absolutely love it. All right, so we're not here all night. Let's combine the tight end D together. So David Njoku got him at number 10. I've already been all over how much I love this offense. And I love him at the tight end position as well. Great value. Also, you guys talk about Mike's talking about a number two receiver. I mean, so great value nonetheless in a barren wasteland of tight ends. Definitely one you can get at a great value. Browns D, you know, made some upgrades this season. I like what they've done. Well, here's what I will tell you is that if you're streaming tight, if you're streaming D's, you're kind of like me where we stream. Listen, make sure you get them for your championship because on December 24th, Christmas Eve, they're playing the Houston Texans. You better get this Browns D. You heard me before the playoffs start. Just grab them because they're going to be they're going to be money for you in the championship. Justin, what do you say, my friend? Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think David and Joe, I, well, I agree with Mike because, you know, that's why I was pointing at it. I think that literally you took the words right from my mouth. David and Joku is the number two in this offense as far as passing options, um, as far as receiving options, I'm sorry. And I think that David Njoku is, is in for a big year. I got him at tight end eight. He could definitely go up a little bit higher. I just like the, the certainty of the top five, and then I kind of build around that. Um, not really a big risk taker over here. Uh, as far as the defense goes, the defense is just – it's kind of set in stone. It's its one of those things where it's difficult to just want to draft them outright because of the division they're in. They're in the best division probably in football. So you know you're going to have heavy hitters with, you know, the Ravens, the Bengals. Twice a year you're going to be, you know, in a firefight with those guys. And then the Steelers, it's going to kind of be like a back-and-forth little thing. I don't think those games are going to be really high scoring. But um, – yeah, you know, like you said, Christmas Eve, Texans, gotta love that. How can you not love that matchup? And then, you know, as I probably just do it as a streamer, you know, spots part here and there if you can get them. Take notes, like I said, that's one you want to grab for the playoffs. Jordan, what do you say? Uh, so I also really like David Njoku this year. I think uh, I, I'm probably a smidge lower on him than Justin. I have him at 10. Um, I think. It, and Joku's absolutely going to have weeks this season where he's going to win you contests. He's going to have those games. And here's the thing. He could be the uh, wide receiver one, the wide receiver two, the wide receiver three on any given weeks. I think there's a lot of mouths to feed in this Browns offense. And, man, I, I think Deshaun Watson is the chef to serve it up to him. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm high on every one of these guys. As far as defense, you know, I, I'm as, you know, uh, on the Browns as the next guy. But I'm I'm still stuck on the NFC South and all of those cake matchups they have all season. So I'm sure I'll stream the Browns at one point or another, but it's not something I'm targeting early in drafts. All right. Got to love it. Mike, let's go to you first. What do you say? I think we've all, yeah, I think uh, enough's been said with, with Njoku. It sounds like everybody is really high, but I really like the Browns defense of what Jim Schwartz is, is doing. He's building a, a C quarterback, go get quarterback. And what's and what's nice about that is the pressure is going to lead to potentially turnovers. So you're going to see strip sacks. Um, and if, they're, if their pressure gets the quarterback quick enough, 
quarterback's going to throw the ball a little bit quicker than maybe he wants to, and that's going to lead to some interceptions. So I think they have uh, a pretty high um, high ceiling for for those turnovers, and I think the pressure is going to going to help create those turnovers. So uh, I really like the Browns' defense. I'm more of a streamer, so but I think with what you're with what you're seeing, the Browns being drafted. So if you're in a, a 16 round draft and you wait till the last round, you could probably get them in the 15th, 16th round. Um, if as long as people aren't crazy and are taking defenses in the eighth or ninth round, then, you know, obviously I'm not going to touch them there, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I like the Browns and I, like you said, I like their matchup with Tennessee. They have Indianapolis in week seven. Um, they have Arizona in week nine, who's projected to be a really bad offense, uh, week 15, you know, week 15, 13, um, Denver Rams bears could all be wild cards. They could be good. They could be bad. Who knows? But, um, I think with with the uh, the turnovers and the pressure, they could cause you know they they could easily average anywhere between eight to ten points a game. Love it, Josh. What do you say, my friend? Um, so I think David and Joker presents a great value, just like everyone else said here. It's going around pick one hundred and a lot of best ball drafts right now. Mm-hmm. So he allows you to go attack all the other positions and draft him not even as a starter. You could probably take a, a third running back or a third wide receiver and still have David and Joku on the board in the eighth round for you in a lot of drafts, which is great. And then defensively for Cleveland, I think they'll be slept on a little bit, but also we mentioned earlier, there's a really tough schedule the first five games of the season. doesn't make a ton of sense to draft them. They're middle of the road. They're ranked like 16th among defenses in preseason. Wait for them to get to through the tough part of the schedule and when buys start hitting, then you can scoop them up in some of those softer matchups there um, towards the middle of the season. Absolutely. Love it. Brad, wrap us up, my friend. What do you think of the tight end and defense? Yeah, uh, Njoku is obviously a terrific uh, uh, value and and probably, uh, I you know, I think 10 sounds about right, like what right around where you guys have been saying. Um, listen, the one thing he does do is he he's kind of like uh, excellent one week and may disappear the next week. Like he kind of did it last year and kind of throughout his career. So he'll put up, I think he can put up similar numbers to last year. Uh, probably, which it, which is pr- probably right around there. So uh, defensively, I like uh, what um, you know what you guys are saying about the light, second half of the season. Certainly, you wouldn't want to draft him or use him early on in the season. But with Schwartz being super aggressive, trying to get after the quarterback, the the guys they have with Smith and Garrett uh, sacks and causing turnovers on the back end with. Uh, they're going to be playing a lot more man-to-man with Ward and Emerson and Newsom, so I think turnovers are are potentially uh, uh, could be really high along with sacks in uh, some of their weaker matchups. So that makes a lot of sense. A hundred percent. Listen, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you better get fired up, Ohio. Let's get fired up for these brownies this year. Mike, Josh, Brad, thank you for staying with us here for the entirety of the show. Tomorrow night, stick with us. We're going to be seeing the Cincinnati Bengals. I know you guys love those guys. We'll be hanging out with some <laughs> Bengals guys. The Bengals captain's going to be in. It's going to be a lot of fun doing the same stuff. So don't forget, hit the subscribe, hit the notification, hit the like. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, and we are out.